The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com. Hey, listen to Sequel Squeal, the podcast where we watch a movie and all its sequels. Right, Benny? Yes, you are correct, Chad Foglin. Right here on the Nerdist School Network. Yay, us! Yeah, we're done. That was good. <laughs> the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast. Frank. Yes, Chris. Amanda. Yes, yes, Chris. Chris. Hello. Triv. Yeah, what's up? Can I, uh, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, you can ask us anything. Sure. If you guys could be any Greek god, which would it be? I, mm. Fire off at, 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 at will. I don't remember most of the I great think, gods. I, I think uh, I'd be Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. Ooh, mm. that's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. It's fierce. Uh, I ran with my first instinct. Mm. Uh, Apollo. It's classic Artemis move. I go with Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. god of boxing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Hades because I feel like it'd be very interesting. Hades. Yeah. Plus, I, I would hope I would sound like James Woods. So it's so dark of you. Yeah. How about you? Trevor? Blue flame. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with Poseidon. I'd want that trident to rule the sea. Yeah. I think I'd have fun with that. That's what I'm going to I'm going to go with. Okay. So Aquaman, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? It's funny you should ask, because mm. I would be the the god Aphrodite, the god goddess, of love. Goddess of love. Oh. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Technically of two worlds, because I'm introducing it, but this is a crossover episode, um, uh, one of our Nerdist School Network crossover episodes, talking about Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm Trevor Reese from the podcast of Two Worlds, and we are joined by two other podcasts today. Uh, guys, would you please introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Frank from The Novice and Frank. I'm Amanda. I'm the novice of The Novice and Frank. And I'm Chris, without my co-host, Cameron, from the Tim Talk. He's off sick somewhere. Boo. Boo! I know, I know. Boo. Shame, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's let's kick this off. How do we how do we like Wonder Woman? The feature film Wonder Woman is that of the what you speak? Feature film length movie. The record breaking DC film Wonder Woman. The very same. Yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be clear. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Yeah. I, I will I will say it's probably one of the best DC movies that I've seen, mm. uh, and it's a, it's a really fun film. Not a great film. Mm. I have my issues with it, some story points, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a it was a fun film. Uh, I loved it. I had my heart shattered by some of the more recent DC films, mm-hmm. and uh, I went in trying to keep my bar low. And I thought that it was fantastic, and the it was cool seeing it with a big sold out house. I also think it was a perfect film, but I thought the director did a hell of a job, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. I think it had its flaws, but it was fun, and uh, I was just happy to see a DCEU film where they fundamentally understood the main character and made that work. So Yeah, I was talking with a friend before um, the podcast and just saying, like, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is, like, on par with, like, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Oh, she's amazing. She just so embodies the character that it's just... 
infuriating that this was not the first DC movie. Yeah, I know. I was also really skeptical of Gal Gadot. I'm going to be really honest with you. Because I think many people were, too. Yeah, yeah and I think that she, and I still, there was only, because she is so, um, she, do, she doesn't look strong to me. And in Batman versus Superman, I still didn't see her reading as strong. Um, and so I was a little nervous about it. And that was my mistake, because I think that she played the hell out of the part. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had some great nuances of humor and I think that she played everything really well. The only time in this film that it bothered me and distracted me that she wasn't like super ripped was at the very end. Oh, P.S. Spoilers are going to abound. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, Mm. thank you for listening to this. Please come back. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Go see it um, while your money still counts towards the box office sales and uh, and come back and listen. Thanks for coming back. Um, (laughs) uh, The only time that distracted me is at the very end when she's holding up that tank. And she holds it for a while. Mm, okay. And I yeah. felt like she, like something about the scale made her look so slight. And I didn't see any like real sweet like bicep lines mm. or. It's a lot of lean muscle mass. Yeah. Yeah, but she looked like petite to me. So at the beginning, I thought that was going to be distracting. And especially, I think when I saw the all the other Amazons doing their fight sequences, like they looked the way that I was anticipating. Mm. Robin Wright. Can we talk about Robin Wright for a minute? Yes. Oh, let's. Holy Such shit! A badass. My God. Oh. Uh, it was like fucking amazing. She like, was rap. amazing. It's it's so it's crazy to think that that was Buttercup. Yes, from the Princess Bride. Yes, uh-huh. Wesley does not need to be in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, no, she's got it covered. Oh, but how did you guys feel about her being taken off the board so early? Were you expecting that? Uh, as soon as I recognized that she was wearing one woman's tiara, I was expecting it. Um, and I guess it, it had to be there. What I was surprised by was that uh, the Themyscira stuff was only in the beginning. Like in the trailers, you'd see the battles going on. I kind of figured that would be later on in the story. Maybe they find their way back. And the fact they didn't was interesting. I was kind of surprised by that. Well, because I always feel like the hook for Wonder Woman is <clears> that <throat> she is on Themyscira, but it's always the journey to man's world. Um, yeah. And how she takes her message and brings it out to to us. So I figured that she wouldn't be on Themyscira for long. Uh, and I figured any, you could kill somebody on Themyscira. So, you know, Robin Wright getting killed. I, I, I never really thought even if, if she had still been alive that we would have seen her. Later in yeah. the film, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. But the the death meant something, like in yeah. the movie, like yeah. you, you felt the impact of it all. And I think this being a DC movie, it's good to have something like that early on in the film. Are you suggesting there have been other major deaths in DC movies that felt completely trivial? I mean, I might be. I might be implying such things. Yes. Um, but what did you guys think of of Themyscira, Paradise Island? I want to go to there. Mm-hmm. It's it was it was really cool, and I what a great way to start off the film. Like all of those stunts, um, that lo- and there was a lot of CG. I uh, I did hear someone make a comment on this, and it's like, wow, it was amazing. Now it's going to date itself because it was so CG heavy. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that, but I think that the stunt work, man, especially at the beginning of the film, was amazing. All the horse work. I could have watched that for for ninety minutes. I could have watched women just like flip off horses and then shoot an arrow mid flip and then like throw a knife. That was awesome. Oh, so good. I want to do it. Well, just Robin Wright, just uh, during the big battle, just taking those arrows, stabbing him in the sand. Oh, yeah. that was such a cool moment. Yeah. yeah. Just and then going to work. Yeah. Oh. Loved it. That, that was one thing I was worried about going into the movie because all of the trailers that I've seen, like, I kind of thought it would be super slow mo, uh, kind of uh, Batman v Superman s fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, like, because all in the trailers, all you see is like, do the, these ground kicks, the, these loops and yeah. stuff like that. No, there was some hardcore battles in this movie and it looked great. 
And the, yeah, I, the, the CG was there, but the practical sense they did. And again, like I could watch seven seasons of the mascara like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? That's an idea. Just right watching there. all those battles take place. And I'm sure with the reception that they got that the mascara and the Amazons will be coming back in more DC films. I would imagine, yeah. Well, that they're going to be in Justice League, right? Because they have oh, th- a they mother have, box. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they do have Spoiler. one. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, like, I was reading the, um, the like, art book um, today. Just I saw be- that on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out Trevor's <laughs> social media page. Check it out. Trevor Copter. Um, but no, it was, it, they were, like, kind of swearing that a lot of it was practical. At least the, the No Man's Land they really were swearing uh, that that was a lot of practical effects and a lot of practical it stuff that was it. just yeah. yeah that I feel like that one out of all of the sequences was the one that looked the best and will age the best and like that was like the signature moment mm-hmm. of it on so many levels was that no man's land mm-hmm. sequence I, I just love that they they gave her as Wonder Woman a proper reveal like that was one of the things yeah. that always bothered me going way back to Man of Steel where it's like that first introduction of Superman to the world should be this like big moment mm-hmm. and the fact that he just appears floating over a military base and everyone's like oh look it's, it's that guy <laughs> just didn't I, I thought that was super underwhelming so the fact that they actually gave her like a real heroic triumphant moment and like that was the standout sequence I think of the whole movie right the No Man's Land fight yeah. mm-hmm. for sure Amanda you look a little skeptical no I'm just comment. running through all of them I, I just yeah I think that there were a lot I think that was a really great it was just a really well choreographed well orchestrated sequence I thought it was really great yeah yeah what did you guys think of the the group's bond of the main characters out there trying to I mean they got their mission to whatever but they she stops them at no man's land and then they kind of form right there as a team what did you think of their dynamic I thought it was good. I thought that it wasn't like too much or too little. I didn't think that they like went so far out of their way of like, we have to explain every person's motivation for everything. Like I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're going to see them later, are they, they're all, in, are they in the comic books? No. No. They're oh, and, Trevor. and they're all dead anyway. Well, there's that. Well, because, it, oh, well, because right. it's 1918 and in the present it's a hundred right. years later. Yes. So it's like, they're not. Yes. But yeah, those, those guys don't have any oh, I, comic book what? counter. Parts right Does, is Sammy yeah. is he a Blackhawk? I thought I read that he was part of the Blackhawks. Oh, he could have been. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he may have been. But yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I don't know about anybody else. Yeah, the chief and um, Charlie? Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like Charlie. You introduced this whole thing about uh, you know he, he can't take a shot. He's too wonderful, yeah. and then that never really had any payoff. So that was one. That thing. was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but what, I really like the fact that all three of them are slighted minorities. Mm-hmm. Through through yeah. it, it was so it was so cool that Wonder Woman her her group. Is uh, uh, are these because you have um, Sammy who uh, on his personal level is he wanted to be an actor and now he's forced to be a soldier but he's this like undervalued Moroccan fighter and um, and their impact on the war is like something that's like v- was huge at the time but something that you don't ever hear about and then you have Chief as the Native American and he has that great moment with Steve Trevor who's like his people and it's like that first yeah. crack yeah. in the veneer that Wonder Woman gets to see but then also Charlie. Being uh, Scottish, mm-hmm. in in the <laughs> <laughs> being Scottish and a heroin addict because he's Spud, um, but yeah, it was just cool to see that. Like that was something that he, out of all the three, like they never addressed that. That it's a Scottish man fighting for the British in a war he was never a part of. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, so all three of them, like Steve Trevor is like the only guy, and tech, you you can even like if you really want to stretch it, say he's like a minority within the war itself as an American working for British intelligence and all that stuff. But that's like stretching it. Yeah. 
I feel like all of their stories, especially um, his kind of having those nightmares, was just a way to kind of give Diana a view of what man really is. Because when she first meets him, they're just at a bar and they're all saying these crazy, obnoxious things to her. But then she kind of sees like the real side of it and like these men are at war. And I think that gives her a broader view of what man actually is. Mm. Well, if you compare it to, say, like Captain America, the first Avenger with the Howling Commandos, mm-hmm. these guys are certainly more fleshed out. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Than those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who Who do you know in the Howling Commandos who isn't Bucky or Dum Dum Nugent? Yeah. Uh, yep. There you go. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. There was Luke Evans, who was retroactively made Trip's grandfather, yeah. and I want to say like a, a guy with a mustache. Nailed it. Yeah. Wait, Luke, Luke <laughs> yeah. Evans. Yeah, he was one of the Howling Commandos. He's the, yeah, he's oh, wait, the no. Black Howling Commando. It's not Luke. Oh, Evans, not Luke right? Evans. It's no. A, oh shoot, what, what's his name? Uh, um, I can look it up. But I was yeah. like, yeah, because Luke yes. Evans is um, Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. Fast yeah. and Furious and Gaston Beauty, Beauty and, and Beauty and the Beast. The Beast. Oh, 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 yeah, it's Luke something. Yeah. Um, because he was, it was, he's Anton, Antoine Fisher. Yes. Um, is it Derek Luke? No. Oh, Oh, that's, I think that's what it is. Derek Luke. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, but again, but all of that to say (laughs) that that conversation completely illustrates the fact that the Howling Commandos were such a non-entity within the story, but they really took the time to make sure Diana's supporting cast Mm -hmm. on kind of like every level like Themyscira and at the war, she had strong supporting cast. You know the, who I thought was really lovely and who was so great in the in the little bit of time she was on screen was the friend, um, what's, uh, it's the Eddie secretary. Oh, yeah, yes. she was fantastic. Yes, yeah, the actress. Davis. Yes, she's Dawn so, from the office. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, um, yes, that's right, Yeah, she's fabulous, and she's a fabulous actress, but... Um, uh, but it was so fun to see her in this, and she just—and it was one of those things where I, I heard her, and I was staring at her face every time she came on screen, trying to figure out what I was like. I know her, and I yeah. couldn't figure out when. Then I, I realized, but yeah, um, just a great spot of brightness, I think. And in, in yeah, the, I, I remember when I saw her first in the trailers, especially those early trailers. It felt like they were really trying to push the comedy, being like, "Oh, it's a lighter tone," and so they obviously put her forward because she has this nice lightness, right. and you're worried like, "Oh, is this just going to be totally completely just, imbalanced?" Just and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I, that's and like, she is from the comic books. That character. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I, I was impressed overall just by the fact that this did have a, a consistent tone, which is a weird thing to like compliment a movie on. But let's be honest, like all the other DCEUs have not done that yet. Like mm-hmm. this one, all the way through, like. It did have the serious moments, but it had the lightness, but it all still felt very cohesive. It, it... I yeah, I loved. I agree with you, and I loved that. Um, one thing that I that I have been well, I've been trying to like read more Wonder Woman, and sometimes I feel like she comes off is like you bring her in the new one. She's like, "What's that? You did you see Splash? Yeah, the movie Splash. Sometimes it reminds me. You know when when Madison comes out of the ocean and she's just like, "What's that? What's that? Like with every single thing. Um, I feel sometimes. She's a little represented that way, and I felt like the way that she was written and directed and the way that she was played was naive but brilliant. Like, what? still so smart and so intelligent, but literally just like, oh, this is, you know, this is new, but she wasn't an idiot. She was like, yeah, yeah we speak three languages. Oh, but also, like, languages. the other... Like, you know, I, I like that. I feel like the other way that she's represented it, represented when she's not presented as like a fleshed out character, more like an idea like this, like, ooh, I'm the new person. I'm l- learning mm-hmm. man's world is like so stoic that she's like bland. Yeah. And yeah, I feel I like they really like strove away from that, too. Like you understood why she held the beliefs that she did and why she 
carried herself with like the poise and grace that mm-hmm. she did that it never felt like hollow and never felt like yeah. well this is just what Wonder Woman is so we're just gonna make her this it felt yeah. earned human yeah for sure mm-hmm. well, and man I thought it's interesting you brought up like splash example that and you guys see the video about um like the trope in science fiction about born sexy yesterday <laughs> so no, like they specifically exactly point out to, like yeah they, they point out to like splash or uh, Cora in <laughs> Tron Legacy or um. Oh, oh like, is that like child? Oh, sex? Yeah, like yeah, the, like um, like uh, um, Mila Jovovich and the fifth. Yeah, element where it's like too. they have the mind of a child in the body of like a hot, sexy woman. Yeah, that it's always like this this incredibly sexualized like female character who is like naive but wise, and usually she's really good at kung fu because men respect that. And then she's paired off against just an average Joe, and she falls in love with him because she doesn't know any other men. And so it's like, <laughs> is this whole? It's the dream. It, yeah, it's like this whole ego stroked like men who are afraid of women who are their equals, and so. So I, it's interesting you brought that up because I was going to ask the collective group, like specifically the love story, did you feel that that worked? Did you feel that it undermined her or that there was elements of that, the, the born sex yesterday, or they did a good job of escaping that trope? I went in really nervous about it because mm-hmm. I thought that they were going to make it all about him. And I didn't want him to be her whole reason for being and her reason for doing everything. That Like the catalyst for every decision that she makes is like, because I love this man, which I think they have done with Wonder Woman before. And can do like not in films. I'm saying like in, in books. Sometimes you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, but he came in. It's a little mer- little kind of Little Mermaid to me, right? It's like, yeah. well, I sure I'm headstrong, but he changed my world. And I think that they part ways. You know, like yeah. they, she's like, I got a job to do, and you're swell, but like I have shit to do. And he's also like, I have things that I have to go do. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't care for him any less, but like her responsibility is she's had that since before she you know what i mean that driving force uh, yeah. and she's so i think it was actually handled really well that's just me but well, i i went and that was my one of my biggest concerns going into this movie so i think i was surprised by the way it was handled and even if it was like you could tell like he respected her as mm-hmm. a woman even if it was like rooted in like clearly steve trevor like had the hots for her right and yeah. like they, and they had like their sexual encounter but it was all like he definitely was like continually like in awe of mm-hmm. her and I like that, like especially like the their their final thing, their final moment when he didn't like try and go for a kiss or anything like that. He's just like, I I see what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I have to go do this. I have to go do my mission, but like I feel this way, and I, and I really just like that moment that it mm-hmm. never. It felt like the um, relationship of like Pacific Rim, or mm-hmm. like these like the, it's, it's becoming a little bit more of a trend to allow platonic respect to bleed in a little bit more into these relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I even think that, you know, the end there, he sacrifices himself and she gets pissed, but in a lot of ways, it's, she inspires him. It's not like just, oh, I'm mad because mm-hmm. the guy I love, which I don't know if she actually ever really fell in love with him. I don't think so. Yeah, I think he was kind of more in love with her than she was with him, which I guess that alone is a, a nice break on the tradition, the trope. But she was inspired by his sacrifice, the fact that he was still noble and actually cared about people, I think more than just like, oh, I'm pissed off. I, I like that. Yeah, and I don't mind the love story element because you see that in that is not uncommon in superhero films. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. it if it weren't and it was introduced, I would have been like, ugh, I roll. But like because you do have, you know, you have Vicky Vale, you have, you know what I mean, these these different um women that are introduced into, you know, you have Lois Lane, right? You've got these these partnerships and these romances. So I didn't mind there being a romance there. I just wanted it to be treated the same. I just wanted it to be yeah. treated f- fairly and and um, 
and didn't not to be the only thing. Right. Like like you said, you didn't want her plot to fall around their mm-hmm. relationship. And it didn't. And I, and I like that she was always about the mission and wanting to be a warrior and do her duty. Mm-hmm. And I thought she never really strayed from that, even though there was all these new emotions and meeting new people and all one going on. Like she again, she was still very brilliant during during the entire movie. Yeah. Although at the end where she after everything happens and she she says, oh, you know, I finally learned about love. I'm like, eh, yeah. you know, Steve Trevor, I mean, he says I love you, but it's like, you know, I don't know if it necessarily was that. I mean, he also just sacrificed himself for the greater good. So for her to say that, I was like, I guess eh. I was thinking more like the love is in like she saw the love after like the the guys that were like, oh, God, we're alive still. Do you know what I mean? I think that I guess I was thinking more like the love of humanity. Like all of them still being in a, a you know, like they had like their little group hug. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and when, his uh, sacrifice and all that. When but the German I, soldiers yeah. are hugging the, uh, it's like the, you're, the not, it's like, you're <laughs> not off the hook, dude. Like, yeah, we're you did some shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, but I definitely, I thought the line was a little trite. It felt yeah. a little heavy. It was, to yeah. Me. But I, I, I kind of read a little bit of both those things, like yeah. a, a little bit Steve specifically, and I think just the, the the actual dialogue for the voiceover was kind of awkward. But I think you're, right. I think the deeper meaning there was that yeah, it was. A general love like people have for each other than just mm-hmm. that one dude. Because you did it. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Uh, but certainly, <laughs> we're talking about Steve Trevor. I mean, the the, the the big linchpin when you talk about Wonder Woman's origin is when Steve that Trevor. Dick, that dick uh, scene. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he comes down to Paradise Island. Yeah. Or, and I, I, I love that intro, the way it's shot, where it's just so far off in the distance. You've been so excited about that, that, that scene that since scene day is, one. Yes. That really yeah. sold you on the movie. I, I love the way that that's all framed and put together. That is such a great sequence. Did it work for you? When you saw it on the big screen, did yeah, that? great. No, it was it was cool, and just the whole his whole introduction into the mascara, I thought was really well done. When I saw that yeah. scene in the theater, I thought of you because Aww. I was like, well, I wonder <laughs> if Frank is having that emotional reaction that I know that he had to the trailer when this it when did. he saw. In it. In fact, okay. I left after that. I walked out of this. I'm great. Like, no, you're done. I've, I've seen everything you <laughs> see. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, done that, with this. I'm sorry we've ruined everything for you already. <laughs> yeah. He dies at the end. What? No. <laughs> oh. No. It's okay. He's still Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to admit, out of, uh, and I enjoy Chris Pine, but I think mm-hmm. this is probably one of my, I think probably his favorite performance that I've seen him do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, because he didn't, he, he had, he was basically playing Kirk without the William Shatner shadow and like the world that he had to embody. Because yeah. he was like very charismatic and fun and charming. And he always like had that, but he like was removed from all the trappings of all the other performances he've had. That yeah, I felt like he was finally able to convey what he's capable of as a charming motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He, he was super charming all the way through, but I mean, there was a softness to him as well. I think there's a bit, there's a bit of an edge to Kirk as there has to be, mm-hmm. and like a bit more arrogance, where here he's like, no, I'm just really committed to doing the job. Well, I think the soft, like he was kind of like a broken man in a sense, yeah, just because he's been at war and he's a spy, and that's like such a damaging thing, especially in war, yeah. to have to like see, all, I mean, imagine all the stuff he had to see and couldn't act on. And all the stuff he had to go through to even just get to the point where he can get, have a chance to steal that notebook. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's probably where the softness comes from is just like this war's broken everyone. That's the thing about World War One. Like it's trumped by the moral stakes of World War Two because it's like us versus the Nazis. Like yeah. it's, it's just <laughs> such a it's such a greater narrative for history. Yeah, it's like pure good versus evil on that one. Yeah, World War I was just a mess. It was all because of alliances and nationalism and just, it was because of one, everything was just like building and building and building and all this resentment building and building and building that just, it really was the the worst of humanity. And that was, well, it was, 
like I remember my dad. My dad's such a, like a, a a purist about these comics, mm-hmm. and he was talking about like no, one of them was from World War Two, and like I I totally understand that, but like I felt like she just fit at home in World War One. Yeah, just really just see like the trench warfare, mm-hmm. it, and just even that that bridge scene does a good job of conveying the like shatteredness of these soldiers, but like it was worse than that. And so it's just really like she just fits at home. It's just nice to see her put up against like an even worse thing where there's not like World War Two has like Hitler and all these like great like bad guy villains, but like she's confronted with like Ares and maybe he's the root cause of all this, but he really isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you how did you guys feel about jumping way ahead, the the Ares reveal there? I, it, was, it was I knew it. I mean mm-hmm. I knew it. Did you guys know it? Yeah, no, I called yeah. it. I mean it was really obvious. But I didn't dislike it still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I thought the fight at the I don't know how I feel about the fight at the end. I think because everything to me up until that point felt so um organic and not overly CGI'd, not overly so that when you get to this fight where he's just like, No, I'm the devil made of metal I was like, Oh Yeah. Well it. even jumping back but, too, because they make such a big thing on Themyscira that we can't really tell her. Uh, too much because he'll find her that much faster. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing oh. that happens after she gets to Man's World is she ends up meeting him. Right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's like they really played that up, but I'm just like, eh, that really didn't pay off. Like, I, what are the odds? I forgot about that. that oh, he'll find her faster. That <laughs> never came back, did it? Yeah. I, I, no. Did you guys, well, I mean, he kind of did find her pretty fast. Well, yeah, but she walked right, right yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, mm. did, Do you guys think, because obviously, like, there's the whole thing of, like, she's not made of clay and not brought to life by a wish from her mom. Um, like they were setting that up that that was just a story that uh, Hiptala told her. But did you guys think that it was going to be Zeus, or did you feel it was maybe Ares was the reveal that he I was going to be your father? Ares, I did as well. I also yeah. feel like didn't we read a Wonder Woman story where, or this might have been in the Rebirth, where like she was actually a, she was like a product of of sexual assault or something like that, wasn't she by like one of the New soldiers? New Fifty Two no? established that, right? That was, was the, like one of the... Azarello established her father as Zeus? Yeah, uh, actually uh, yes. Yeah, that that established that because John Byrne did it where it was like Cassie uh, it ended up being, it was Wonder Girl in the new uh, pre-New 52. Mm. Her father was Zeus. So Cassie Sandsmark. That's right. <laughs> if you guys have seen the, the animated Wonder Woman movie, the directed DVD one. I've not from seen that. The, it came out a number of years ago. I vaguely recall that Ares was her dad in that one, but I, I couldn't say that 100%. Well, I think it's that's part of time. the character's legacy now is that she's got a million origin stories, which is sort of weird. It's I, I don't think that's a usual... I mean, you can speak to that probably better than I can, Frank, but like I think usually it's like, all right, Superman was sent from Krypton and in a little capsule and was found and raised in the Midwest. And like, that's his story. That's like, there's, I've never heard a different origin story. There might be details about like who sent him or, but that's pretty much the gist of it. Batman was an orphan. His parents died. I've heard like six different Wonder Woman origin stories. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Well, I I guess, I I mean, it was pretty much stayed pretty standard until when George Perez took it over back in the mid eighties and then really introduced the heavy Greek mythology back into Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and I feel like that kind of that was like the first really big difference between her origin between then and now. But that's part of the rebirth too, isn't it? Is that she's like basically she at least the beginning of uh, of the the rebirth is that she has almost these like false memories of her origin, mm-hmm. and she can't she doesn't know which one hmm. it is, and she's trying to figure out, she's trying to like untangle her own origin story, which mm-hmm. I liked that they address that because it's like, well, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it puts back everything you've ever read back in play. Yeah, but then you also have a way of like, no, we can actually just take what we cherry pick, what we really like, 
and make that the one true origin. Right. Yeah. So, but they did a good job for the movie of just streamlining one solid origin story. Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, even if they, they kind of brushed past it real quick at the end there. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Zeus is your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning fight. Okay. <laughs> but were you expecting Ares to continue to look like Professor Lupin after it was the reveal? Because I was not. And no. kind of like. It, oh, that, right. that didn't quite work, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like I I I love David Thewlis. He's an amazing actor, mm-hmm. and he's good in this. I think, especially in the, the early half when he's meant to be uh, like charming and nice and very British. Uh, but yeah, once he became Aries, I'm like, this doesn't work. Like your face doesn't belong underneath. We, uh, like, we felt like maybe he should have stepped out of his human form that he was taking yeah. into his god form. And I thought like they could have did his armor practical. I thought that would have been very cool, considering mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. All her stuff is practical. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Amanda, that especially that, that final fight sequence was just so weirdly CGI. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem that I have, I think, in general with the DC movies. I mean, I'm, I'm sure for you guys as well, the new Justice League trailer played beforehand. And as I'm watching Come it, I'm... together! Yeah, right? It's like, there, there are cool moments. As I'm watching this, like, everything looks so fake because they... Yes. And I think the difference between them and Marvel, maybe, is that... Um, you know, Marvel, they'll give us stuff that we can't see otherwise. Like, like the end of Doctor Strange, and it's all this crazy, trippy shit. This doesn't exist in real worlds. They have to do in CGI. I feel like DC keeps just making CG versions of stuff that does exist and could be done practically. Well, The Flash had such a problem with that this season with Savitar. He oh, really? looked terrible when he was CG. And then halfway through, with no fanfare, no announcement, they gave him a, pr- a practical suit. Oh, interesting. And it became so much better. Mm. It was It was just like, why... Especially seeing that they were able to craft it with no fanfare, no announcement, like or anything, just like that they would do it and just introduce it. Like, why was he CG at all in the first place? I yeah. love that someone took that note because you know it was probably an argument they'd had from the beginning of pre-production, mm-hmm. back and forth and back and forth, and like, no, we're gonna do this. And then finally, it's like they got the okay, and the costumer was like, excellent, and then just like ripped <laughs> yeah, down, right? like opened a safe, and then <laughs> yeah. oh, she's like, I've had this for you just <laughs> in case. What well, now, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And practical, they could have done. I feel like CG, like wanting to do it all CG, forced their hand in making him a suit of pulled together tank parts, as yeah. opposed to like a true actual outfit mm. to embody the character of Ares. It would, I think that would have looked so much better. How amazing could it have been if they had done that? I mean, the, I, I think the Wonder Woman suit is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. done perfectly. Oh, yeah. And it's just all, all the Amazons have great costumes all the way through. And, like, ah, it's, yeah. a, it's a missed opportunity. They could have done something absolutely Yeah, because even in the, in the story, uh, she was telling Diana as a child, and she, like, was flipping through the book. That looked really cool. Like, I could yeah, imagine right? that being practical. Yeah, that was cool. I, I, that suit grew on me. I know you're, you're a big stickler for suits, so I want to know what you hear. But what do you think? Wonder or just suits in general. You're a big fan. Suits. You're like really, you're really into. You wear like a like a two button, three button. Are you vest? No vest. Vest. Always, always three piece. Let's talk about the British fashion in the war room. Let's really delve into that. Like, what do you think of like guy in the second row? I mean, he doesn't have a. He doesn't say a line of dialogue, but the way you know, old white British guys just know how to wear just lots of. Black and white suits, you know, no sense of color or style to it whatsoever. Speaking of of uh, old white guys, I thought that this movie did a great job of keeping that feel like, oh, this is a male-driven world. They don't look at her like she belongs, and it's just so disgusting to her. Like, what? How? How can you? You know? Yeah. And they never let that go. And eventually, like, 
she saw like people can be different and i think that's where she learned love like there is also love in this but it is like messed up so maybe that's why she elected to stay to clean up man's world mm -hmm. but there, i but i did they, i think they did a great job of keeping that a presence throughout the movie and are, i think that plays into because with the uh, the golden lasso i and, love and the representation yes. of that right after that scene steve trevor used it again but just the way that they Showed the effects. And I you've never really described that. that. You've seen mm -hmm. that on. Yeah, that when, even when they, the way they use it, like casually, when he's just like he wrapped around his hand, they they got a fun comedy moment out mm -hmm, of it. But mm -hmm. it was just cool to see. Like that's what's always fun about like seeing like um, like Tony Stark like just having like one gauntlet on like working on it and like seeing like mm -hmm. the halfway uses and, and seeing like the little uses of their items outside of like these big fights and that was really cool but i don't want to jump too far i want to hear your thoughts on the wonderful oh yeah, yeah Frank. i want to know because I, 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 you are you do have a penchant for you're very particular about your superhero suits yeah no i thought this one did a really good job of making i mean because she's had so many different looks throughout mm -hmm. the years i'm me personally i mean i'm always were you hoping for the white uh suit. the white <laughs> the yeah. white, <laughs> white pants suit <laughs> <laughs> i mean if i i'm always a sucker for her like back in the uh, the, the 40s when she'd wear the skirt i was thought that was a really cool look mm -hmm. for that costume but this was a uh, a really nice Nice combination of all her different looks. I did not like it in Batman versus Superman. I was like, I'm not Same. on board with this. It looks too, it looks like a snake. I think it's weird. It doesn't look like she could fight in it. And I loved what everybody was wearing on, uh, th I can't say her. Like, the mascara? The mascara. I have a hard the time mascara. saying it. The mascara. Yeah. The mascara. Lady Island. The, mm -hmm. um, Lady Island. Um, I loved the wardrobe on Lady Island. I wanted to wear her. <laughs> yeah. All of, I want to cosplay as all of them. I was already in my mind like, I bet I could make the, how could I, okay, I bet I could paint the effects so it look like leather corset. Like all these cool things. I thought they looked, because it looked like what they would wear because it was warm, but it was also like armor that they could still move in and they had their like shields and shit. And it makes me really, it pisses me off when I see um, superheroes that are like, yeah, I have a background in like hand-to-hand -hand combat and that's what I do. But also I'm going to wear like a strip that doesn't like, it's like well, just little strips over my nipples and like six inch heels in case I got to go out and make some money tonight. Like I, do you know yeah. what I mean? Which is like, if that's there and if that's like part Robin. of their, yeah, <laughs> you know, but like if that's part of their, their thing, like I get, you know, more like Selena Kyle, I understand like her cat suit, I get that, but I don't necessarily like it when the costume doesn't suit the character and like their backstory and what their needs are. You know, yeah. it kind of drives me crazy. But I liked it. But I, I but the the suit grew on me in this one. I liked it. Yeah, and I was I thought that it was gonna be how the tiara was gonna be used. Mm -hmm. Would it, mm -hmm. it look kind of like, you know, fun and cheesy? I'm a princess. Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Linda Carter did, but yeah. or. This one I thought it was a good compromise for how that could actually kind of be a, a functional piece. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go like really silly and have her take it off and throw it like, like, <laughs> like, a, like a Wonder Woman yeah. ring or whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, you could see the influence of the the comet even down to the way they did the gauntlets, right? That it has mm -hmm. not only the gauntlets, but she has like the hand wraps on it too, like because she mm -hmm. punches people in the face all the time. Like you need to like protect your hands. Like I I I agree with you. I didn't like the costume in Batman vs Superman. I'm not sure how much changed. This one seemed a little bit more just... colorful. It's just the movie was so good that it yeah. just finally suited it. Well, yeah, and I, I just wasn't looking for reasons to be angry. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I, I think it helped, or it didn't help when they originally unveiled it. That just I mean, they always love to do like these very monochromatic reveals of the suits, and like especially with Wonder Woman, like you should emphasize that it is a little bit more colorful. I remember that first photo was it's like all very sepia, if I recall. Yeah. It just didn't show it off. It looked like it was it made really out of metal. Good. Yeah, like metal, metal, metal. Like not anything that could move or breathe or anything like that. Well, because I feel like the uh, Wonder Woman's costume, at least traditionally, has been so associated with 
uh, it's yeah, it's America. It's red, mm-hmm. white, and blue, and all that. And so, which is kind of weird. Yeah, and I think yeah. Yeah, certainly, like with George Perez, they started coming up with the reasons to explain why she has these American iconography uh, icons kind of mm-hmm. incorporated into her costume. And then, as it's gone on since then, they've got it. Do a good job of kind of getting away from like a, an American focus costume to just well, a yeah, really cool. Because her original, the one that you, the one that you like, Frank. Um, <laughs> no, that because that one has like the spadar spangled skirt mm-hmm. um, with the stars. But then it also um, before the W, it was like it was like the old Federal Eagle, right? Yep. Yes. That just mm-hmm. went up. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting. It, like I had forgotten about that evolution. I had forgotten that it wasn't always like the W, and that also just felt weird. Like. She's just Diana. Why does she, like? I was glad that they, she just didn't have W's all over her. Like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they never call her Wonder Woman. No, no one calls her Wonder Woman at all. Right? Or they don't. I don't even think they say like that's a Wonder Woman. Thank, Thank like, God. God. I know, right? How oh, oh it would've been gosh. so kludgy uh, if they tried to make that. Uh, uh. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm. I'm curious. So I had a couple moments in this film that I was like freaking out about in my mind and I'm wondering if it's that I thought were so understated and really great because one of the things that I thought this film did great really well is that it would have been it could they could have been a dude and all the shit still would have been the same like it's not like they you know for the most part they had some obviously some different some different things and different moments of empathy that I think you wouldn't necessarily see in a male driven film but like I thought that was really cool it didn't it wasn't like this is a lady movie like it was very much like this kick it kicked ass there was a lot of action and all of these things um but there were some moments that I I responded to and I was wondering if it's more because I'm a woman or if like if you guys also had like the same response so I want to ask you about that well Danny right. Houston wouldn't have danced if it would have been a man wouldn't have grabbed her to dance no hmm. you don't think so no probably you, you don't know with him drunken power all I know is if it had been a male protagonist they still would have fallen in love with Steve Trevor just because it's Chris Pine that's true he's adorable yeah mm. well I'm wondering okay so um, one thing that was in, like uh, gave me like angry anxiety to watch is in the scene where it's the the scene where she's in there with all of the officers and she tells off that colonel and they're all like yelling at her to stop and it's like she starts talking they immediately interrupt her and then she keeps going and they keep trying to interrupt her and she keeps going and I was like let her fucking talk yeah. because you get talked over a lot mm-hmm. if you're a woman you get interrupted a lot and um, you kind of usually just go mm-hmm, and you just like wait until it's your time to talk. And I thought that was, it was cool that she just kept speaking because she had something to say and she didn't interrupt somebody. They She was talking and they interrupted her. I'm like, let her finish her thought. And then afterwards they go out and he's still doing it. And that's when the whole like lasso truth thing came. But I didn't feel like it was over the head. I didn't feel like it was like, let ladies talk, men. You know, and I didn't feel like it was one of those moments, but I thought it was really well depicted. Did you guys take notice of that at all, or were, I, was it not? Yeah, I did mean, not I, hit a nerve with you. No, I, I, I liked that they addressed that sort of bullshit. I liked that, uh, as one could say, that nevertheless she persisted, hmm. and that I mean, yeah, they were all trying to talk over her. They, no one wanted to hear. They're all like shocked, like, oh my god, she's like in like the the Lord's chambers, or whatever. What's going on here? And that she just didn't give a shit, and she just kept going. Hmm. Well, I think. St- st- Chris Pine did a good job of depicting Steve Trevor as like evolving mm-hmm. beyond that, because like yeah, he he it's it felt like that moment like he is still like talking over and everything, but it felt like he's just so used to the rules, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just showing like him like ceding his power more and more to her, but it's not it's still at the beginning of it, so it hasn't necessarily hit for him yet. Well, I thought that scene was weird too, in the sense where he needs really talk to this general or whatever in that room. 
So rather than just like going, can I speak to you outside? I have something really important to tell you. Yeah. So to get him outside yeah. so they can actually have a discussion. Like, I don't know what he was expecting. Like, he was going to have this big conversation with him in this whole room while they're trying to negotiate an armistice. Like, that seems like, just Steve, ask him, come outside. I need to talk to you for a second. I don't know why that didn't happen. Well, we reached the armistice. Let's talk about the reason the armistice might not work. Aries, but also Dr. Poison. What'd you guys think of that? I mean, it was also, that's like something that's low key too, because as much as Aries definitely is the villain of the film, it for the most part, it is sort of like a woman on woman thing. Because Dr. Poison is like the woman behind the man with uh, Luft, what, uh, Ludovic or? Uh, Lu- y- yeah? Ludovic? The, the, uh, Danny Houston. Yes. Um, we all look this guy. But I, I, um, like, I like that too, that we got like a female on female thing and not just like female like hammering down the like take down the patriarchy with like her arc and like the visuals. Like, it's really like, and she has like a an empathetic moment with her. She doesn't yeah. kill her, her main villain. And I don't think, I like too that I think that it was nice because it was subtle and it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't hit over the head because, you know, there's a lot of women on women aggression anyway. We don't need it in a movie. Like, it's already there. So, I like that she was a, f- a villain, but that, um, and I like that she, it, things weren't explained. They weren't like, oh, you have these burns on your face that you cover with a mask because of this, this, and that. It's like, we don't even know. The mask's creepy. Yeah. It's sufficient. Um, but I like that the, they were never direct, um, they weren't fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were indirectly, but it wasn't an, oh, an open hostility. Like, she's like, no, Ares is my villain, is my my um, nemesis, not this person. At the end, she very well could have destroyed her, but it wasn't. I think that if they had made it direct, it would have kind of perpetuated that running theme of women versus women aggression. Everybody loves a cat fight, man. You know, I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. Like, and in this movie, even though there were women that, you know, you'd see them fight, it wasn't like that. At mm-hmm. no moment was did it feel like cat fighty or stereotypical to me. It was just like people fighting people. Well, and that's sort of the double-edged sword is because eventually we, you, you'd want to see that because it, all, all superhero things are men versus men and men in like this battle of dominance that you'd want to see like the female version of that, but it's going to have to climb over the ladder. Like you said, like with this cat fighty mentality mm-hmm. and this women on women violence thing and the perpetuating that it, it's, it's going to be cool to see that evolve beyond like a patriarchal, like man's point of view of like women on women, like, they're fighting for these reasons. They're fighting over a man or something like that. And see, like, genuine, true, like, hatred for the person for who they are, the way you see it with men versus I, men. I think that's really hard to write. And I'm actually fine seeing, um, I don't need everything to be, like, girl power, like, let's all, like, be on a team and take down men. That's not it. But I like seeing uh, a strong female protagonist fighting a, a male antagonist. I think that, and I, I guess I used to do jujitsu, so I, I used to oh. spar. But they would always, they would always try to parent. There were like two other women in this class of 30, and they would always try to pair me with the other women. And I'd roll with them too, you know, because we were closer to the same size. But I'm like, I'm probably not going to get attacked by a woman. Like, can I fight with the guys, please? And I I would roll usually with guys because there were more of them in class. And you want to roll with as many different people as you can to kind of build up your, you know, your technique and everything. I know you're laughing at me. Shut up, Frank. But when you (laughs) say you roll, I'm just thinking of like, like like Vin Diesel would say roll. Like, we're we're family. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so we roll. But but honestly, but so for me, it's like I that frustration of being like, 
like, yeah, I'll you like I'll I'll fight with her again. But we I know every defense that she has. You know, we know I know exactly how she fights. Like, can I fight this guy because he's way bigger and it'll be harder. You know, like, it'll be more of a challenge or he's just different. And if there were you know, a dozen women in class and I would have wanted to fight each of them too, you know, but I feel like there's, um, did you eventually break their bones so much that they couldn't come back to class so you could only fight the men? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. crushed all the other women I, in I this class. I did. And I'm, you know, it was the feminist thing to do. <laughs> no, awful. Uh, no. So like, but I think that there's a tendency to want to do that, to want to align, like, because I think the thought process and, and I understand it is like, well, we want to let's empower women and have strong female characters and like have them fight each other and have that be like a normal fine thing. And I, I understand that thought process and I agree with it. I think we're really far away from that. Mm. And in the meantime, I would rather have, um, it be fine for a strong woman to just fight her equal regardless mm-hmm. of the gender but i am all for more women getting more screen time yeah because dr poison was a villain but she wasn't necessarily she diana's Mm-mm. villain because yeah. the people that she fought were hordes of german soldiers in close quarters uh some souped up german dude on roids mm-hmm. and Ares, the god of war yeah. right no and amanda it's an interesting point you brought up too because um as I was watching it, I was actually kind of hoping that Dr. Poison was going to end up being Ares, just because I, I wanted it. I thought so, too. I wanted an interesting twist there, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what I was hoping for, even coming out of it. I still kind of wish they did it, but you, you raised a very good point that if they had done that, it actually might have undermined some of the more like progressive elements of the way the movie was structured. That it's, yeah. it's probably for the best that she went up against her equal, who happened to be man, because that's the whole point, is that she yeah. is the equal of anyone. Actually, the superior. And I think it's a hard a situation. I think it's a killer. really, yeah. yeah. I think it's she's a, the god killer. She's the god killer. I think it's a really difficult situation. I don't think it's an easy thing to write or direct. Um, I think it's more just about like her fighting an equal and not like, oh, but she's going to fight <gasps> another woman. It's yeah. like, Right, I'm sure. Like, yes, <laughs> you know. So if there's if there's a super strong female character and going, but I feel like when I see, um, when I read comic books, if you have, say, you got like the whole squad, right? You got your whole squad happening there, and they're fighting the bad guy squad. If you have two women in the good guy squad, there are going to be two women in the bad guy squad, and those are the ones in their duel. That's who they're going to be fighting. They're going to be paired off. Oh, like Fast and the Furious Six. With, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, and I think that it's it's fine. It's fine for women to be fighting other women in these big epic sequences. But, like, don't go to that immediately. It's almost just like an automatic, like, well, of course they're going to fight. They both have uteri. You know, it's like, <laughs> not, just, just let them fight whoever's near. Like, I'm not going to be like, you, woman, we're going. I'm just going to be like, you're closer. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. going to punch you in the face. You know, does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense, tangent, actually. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I think you were able to express an idea that I've always had a hard time expressing, which is like, yeah, how do you, what's the, like, how do you put more women on screen and, yeah, not have it just evolve into, like, oh, the cat fights and that sort of thing? Like, how do you do it in a progressive way? Write and, them well. Yeah. Give, them a, place give to start. them a point of view and give them a reason to fight each other. Yeah. Because if, you know, I think that that's, if, if it's motivated by the right things and you believe it, then you believe it and it's, I'm in, you know? But it's like, we didn't see much of what was driving the gas woman, so... It's she's just kind of an evil lady with a weird face, yeah. And then it would have come up and been like, it's like young, hot, strong, you know, woman versus this like kind of deformed, clearly with low self esteem <laughs> in that scene with Chris Pine, you know, like uh, <laughs> with low self esteem, you know, fighting in an underhanded way, which is with poison gas. Yeah, it would have been so unbalanced. Mm. 
And I'm really glad because Wonder Woman fights up front and, you know, there's nothing like sneaky about her fighting. Mm -hmm. She's just a warrior. And then you've got this villain who fights with in, you know, arguably one of the most cowardly ways possible still in warfare, which is chemical warfare. You know, it just would have been such an unfair there'd been no honor in that fight, yeah. you know? Well, and, I mean, that's the huge thing with Wonder Woman is she does care so much about honor. I mean, she even criticizes Charlie for using a sniper rifle. And mm-hmm. It's like, you don't, you don't face your enemies, you're not there, like, right in the field mm-hmm. actually fighting someone. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, Danny Houston, his character, I, just, I did not really dig that. I, there was no point in the film that I thought, oh, he's Ares. And mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, the red herring there was so obvious. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the fact that they were giving him these drugs that never really paid off Yeah, what at was all the too? point of all that? Um, I read somewhere that that might be a precursor to the venom that Bane takes. Hmm. Oh. Mm. <laughs> he sounds right. so dis- Ow. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That, uh... I, I had the same kind of reaction. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, that... oh, really? Okay. Yeah, this is like a theory that's Go put in place that, else. Yeah, yeah, try to explain it, because that doesn't really... Maybe. Because yeah. the other frustrating thing too with with Ares when he finally reveals himself, and he's like, you know, I you know I want to destroy you the, the second I saw you, but then I thought like, no, I'm going to send you out so you can see how terrible humanity <laughs> is. I was like, well, that didn't really play. Uh, no, or it's and, even the fact that when we meet, uh, was it like Patrick Morgan? I think is the the pseudonym he uses. He is like working towards the armistice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like that that reveal was so obvious right from the beginning, but it also just doesn't make sense because. It, even then, it, there was no point where he felt like he was being set up as a villain. I really feel like there was a scene missing between maybe like him and like Etta Candy, mm-hmm. too. Where yeah. they, I feel like there was something missing there where they set him up as like, oh, this guy's maybe not entirely meant to be trusted. I was kind of like, why yeah. are they there together? Did you yeah, know? yeah. You, you feel like there had to be some moment. Because why didn't he also like do anything with like? It would have been interesting if he like did something to Etta. Yeah, I like it, it, he just like. So at some point that we don't see, he just vanishes and goes to Germany and yeah. is just there at the battlefield. And, and they yeah. kind <laughs> of explain his sudden reveal there by the fact that he has these these weird, very ambiguously defined powers. But even just... He could be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and he, just, he just goes around. But yeah, even when he shows up, they're like, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah. I feel like that's emblematic by the weird cut of Diana getting her sword. Oh, yeah. That was just like so. She's like, oh, I need to get my sword. And then it cuts back to Steve Trevor. And then it cuts back to her like mid jump, like jumping down. Like, first of all, I thought, I that, like, even if it wasn't, even if the sword turned out to be nothing, and even with the reveal that Diana's the god killer, I thought that was going to be a bit more of a struggle. That, she, yeah. that Ares would be like, oh, no, you're not getting that. It was just yeah. like, yeah, you know, no, go get it. Like, it's like, because it was just, it felt like. They played it neither way. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have just been so cocky about it and just like, yeah, go get it. Go get that sword. Let's get this going. Or try to stop her or prevent her from getting mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, because it was just, all it was was just an editor for jumping down halfway. Like, almost weirdly cut, like, did your editor, like, miss that little <laughs> yeah, you second? Feel like, you feel like they just missed that at some point. Like, oh, shit, she left the sword inside Danny Houston. Maybe we should get that back? Yeah, I feel like the editor at the premiere was just like, I hope they don't see it. I hope they don't see it. Like, shit, it's so obvious. <laughs> like, it's so Oscar. obvious. Mm-hmm. There goes my Oscar nom. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you want to play the reveal, like, Aries is some mysterious person here on the canvas, I, I feel like to have somebody just come up uh, at the end, if you've seen him for a couple scenes and that's it, like, hey, I'm Ares, then you, you could have just made it anybody in the film. Yeah. They, I felt like they could have done a better job of seeding Ares throughout. They're just kind of trying to tempt or corrupt Diana along the way in the film so that when he does do the reveal, that it makes a hot, lot more sense. Mm-hmm. You have, you're more emotionally invested in it than just to be at the end because the reveal of, of Sir Patrick being it, you're like, 
okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this this would have been odd, but what do you think would have been different if they had actually decided not to have Ares in there at all? If that his existence all the way through was kind of a, a red herring and it got to the end and it was the reveal that it was actually inspired by man, that they did it to themselves. Do you think that would have, I mean, it would have changed things completely different. Do you think it would have been for the better or that would have been weird or would, what? Would, and I guess if you do it that way, then you're setting up that Ares is somebody that's still out there to be pursued. Where in the sense of you finish it off in this one, then it's just like now she can just be one woman doing whatever she wants to to do. Rather yeah. than like you I still also, gotta get Aries. You also would have had her be wrong, which sucks. Like it would have been, you know, because basically she's like, No, Aries, and the whole time Trevor's like, Okay, crazy lady. Mm, good point. And then finally, you know, she's he's like, But it, you know, it might not be and she's just like what the fuck, bro? Like you, this whole time you didn't believe me. Like in this, and then she's like, "All right, I'm gonna go deal with it on my own." So it's important that she was right. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think just just because, and I think too that we as an audience, I was like, maybe she's wrong. Maybe it's mm-hmm. there, there is no. Maybe it's like the greater. It's like part of a story where it's like the story of Aries, and it's like, you know, like the like the Bible, like parables and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Um. Well, that scene with him, her after she kills him, and then Steve Trevor comes up and talks to her up there in the in the watchtower. That was good. Yeah, and just the frustration that Chris Pine is having, they're just like, I don't know, I don't know what this yeah, is going on. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which is really good. And that she, I liked that they took that moment of quiet after she kills. She's like, well, my work here is done, <laughs> and then she's like, but no, why? Yeah. Why? I know yeah. she was expecting like him to die, and everybody like. Well, we put this down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> which sucks. It was just a, such a bummer, but it was a nice, I thought it was well played. It could have been interesting though if they had played it like it was Ares who influenced them, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, oh, what, 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 what?" what? And then Ares just like, "Nah, fuck it, I'm just fucking with you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because they played it too a little bit in that scene too. Like after he gets destroyed, and they cut to the uh, the German soldiers, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, like, pal, whoa, what happened to us?" Dude, like, we just watched Fear the Walking Dead last night. And they had soldiers in that show committed such more horrendous atrocities on camera than we ever saw the German soldiers do in this film. And they got even more of a pass on that. That's oh my God, that's It insane. was just like, all of a sudden, just like, nah, now we're all cool because this one guy vouched for everyone and now it's cool. Yes. It was just like, that put into perspective how these men hugging each other was all right. But also, like, World War One's the where the... Um, Joyeux Noel story comes from mm. the, oh, the yes. Christmas soccer game. Yeah, That's right. Um, and so I, it's sort of, I think because it's still so new, like the idea of this modern warfare is still so new to people that you maybe it's excusable, but it was sort of weird and felt like it felt weird. It felt it like did. Diana <laughs> was even more right. Like you're you're totally right with like she should have been right that Ares was a threat mm. and was a real thing, but. It would have almost been comical had she been entirely right. Yeah, it would have been like that. Just like oh, oh, so it was Ares. Oh, so World War One was caused by the god of war, war Ares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We cool. all lived happily ever after. Yeah. Now, granted, I would have been tempted to believe that that was a possibility that they would do that going into this movie after watching Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, yes. Suicide Squad. I would have believed it. I did too. I was fully expecting it, and I was just like, "How are they gonna describe like?" How are we gonna ever see a thing again in the present? It's like, oh, we killed war, but then he was resurrected. Like, I don't know how, you know, I was so worried they were gonna do that and then have were, to were you guys justify it. Bummed that we didn't have any that we didn't get a proper Ben Affleck like face and just got a note. Nope. Nah. I was totally fine without it. I did not miss him. No, because I actually had a moment when we were I was watching it and it's 
were on Themyscira for a while in the beginning, what, a good mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes? And I had a moment where like, oh my God, like essentially there have only been female major characters at this point. Like, you, I mean, the, like the two guys who deliver the note and that's like kind of it. But I'm like, wait, that's awesome. Like, I, I feel like if they had had, it, it probably would have been the end, but even if they had like some sort of weird, like clunky, like Bruce Wayne cameo, I just would have been distracting. I like that it was like, it's just one Woman. Yeah, no, the letter was enough. Um, yeah, we but, don't need the him. But this movie made me not uh, not want the the DC universe to get rebooted. You, you know, like as I watching all the movies prior, I'm like, you know what, they could start over again, and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I wouldn't want that to happen now after seeing this Wonder Woman. Well, I feel like it's interesting too with this. Like, if you just think about it, the the DC cinematic universe, like Superman, Wonder Woman is the Superman of the DC Cinematic Universe, which is really interesting, kind of reframing it. She's the first hero that ever appears in that kind of chronology for them. Yeah. Well, what's been interesting is the trend so far this summer, and it's going to be interesting to see how much it carries on, but it's it's these superhero um, movies like nailing the mark outside of the tentpole. It's all these non-tenpole superhero movies really hitting the mark. Mm-hmm. Like Logan's obviously not the huge movie, and Guardians isn't the like cornerstone of the Marvel universe. And so it's really cool to see, and just encouraging because fuck, we're in our seventeenth year of this, more or less since like X, the first X Men movie. We've just been on this continual mm-hmm. upward trend of just these movies. We're inundated. Yeah, and just to finally see them branching out and spreading their rings and to see those succeed in also in the wake of just like the ones that have really sucked really sucking to just say it's really just encouraging to see that we're starting to see like an actual translation of what it means to read a comic book and see a story onto screen and not just like the X-Men movie or the original like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies where they're just like those weren't comic book movies that was a good Spider-Man movie those are good X-Men movies but like they weren't comic book X-Men or comic book Spider-Man he doesn't have organic web shooters (laughs) no (laughs) get it right well and I'm actually more excited about like what happens with phase four with Marvel when they're out of like leading up towards Thanos and the Infinity Mm -hmm. War yeah when they can just do more of these you could do like a Thor Ragnarok where it's just maybe one hero maybe two kind of paired off and just having Mm -hmm. an adventure that doesn't lead into some bigger huge thing further down the road or even like Spider-Man now doesn't have to save the world and everyone like god that was such a uh, it was it was worse than like this whole thing with Wonder Woman like with that like just like now he has to like save New York City from a bomb and everything and like this and, and to tie that back to Wonder Woman like it felt like the stakes never felt comical even when it yeah. became Wonder Woman versus Ares, the Greek god of war, it felt personal and it felt right. And it felt like a proper escalation, even if the image of it and the CG didn't necessarily like fit with it. And it did become comical in that sense or like weird to look at in that sense. It never felt like it, was, it felt out of place for what they had been building in the story. But I also felt that that moment where Ares was like, look what they've done, Diana, it's them, not me. But then he's also said, but I went around and I whispered everything to the people. Yeah, right. So I'm like, easy, Ares. You really can't say that this, you know, that this is totally on them, that you didn't have anything influence on this. Also, I'm very fond of this mustache. <laughs> I'm keeping it. I've had it for all time. That's right. Even before I was this guy, I was still some British guy in a cave somewhere <laughs> with my garb and better muscles better muscles yeah. <laughs> I had wished that, that that final fight scene though 
had been as entertaining as the the one in No Man's Land, just because it just mm-hmm. became like yeah. I'm gonna throw another thing at you, and you're gonna block it, and then I'm gonna throw more stuff at you, and you'll block it even more, yeah. and then I'll throw it again, and you'll block it. And I'm like, mm, can't we just do something that doesn't revolve around you just constantly blocking stuff, and then having that weird CGI kind of fueled raged run through the soldiers, which just seems so weird to me. Yeah, there there were a lot of points that it felt a little overly CGI, like the the points where I didn't like it as much as often where it's frankly felt kind of Zack Snydery. Like there, there were some times mm-hmm. just like the overuse of slow-mo. the slow-mo and it just, and yeah. I hate her theme, you guys. I fucking hate her okay, theme Okay, I was, so I was gonna ask about that actually because I, I generally am not the biggest fan of it but I thought that it did work when she actually busted into the room and started fighting people. Like in that uh, one context, it kind of worked for me. I think that, uh, first of all, I despised it so much. I, I understand why they used it, and I understand why they used the slow-mo. Both things for me in this movie were tolerable. Mm-hmm. If it had gone up 5%, I would have been like, nope. Because yeah. I everybody, you know, Batman versus Superman, I got so tired of people being like, well, wasn't awesome though when Wonder Woman came out? And I'm like... No, it wasn't awesome for me because it's like she literally like walked out and just like stood and it's like, and I'm like, what are we even doing? What is, what is <laughs> yeah. this even? Well, that's the, why the you score... have the solo movie before you have her well, make right. an appearance in a group movie. Right. Yeah. But the I, score, I feel, I feel, per- this is my personal thing. I feel like the score is so like, it's, it doesn't suit the tone of the rest of the film. That, that just her personal score. Yeah. I thought the rest no. of the scoring through the film was fine. But I think hers is so just like, Random notes, like it's like this weird. Uh, would it just been cool to even see like what would that sound be in like in a nineteen eighteen thing? Yeah, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, cause that could be like her sting, like those notes. Yeah. But it's just like this is what it sounds like in fucking Zack Snyder's twenty sixteen. Like, yeah. that's what it sounds like in this present. But it would have been cool to see it recontextualized in the sense that it's a hundred years before. It yeah. felt out of place to me. It, it felt so jarring that it took the, that it took me out of the moment because it felt so modern. Again, kind of the well, way the CGI did. It felt so mm-hmm. modern against this beautiful um, backdrop and all the, I just saw the sets and I thought the art direction was beautiful. Oh, it was. In this film. And it, for me, that just took me out of it. Like I'm like waiting and I'm like, shut up. Like stop. No, that's, the, 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 the that's fair. Yeah, no, I, mm. I would agree with that actually. Like I, I, I like it, but you're right. Like in that context, it, it is, it does feel out of place. And it, it was those moments where I felt like when it didn't feel like Patty Jenkins' movie that bothered me. And I think yeah, the yeah. score is an example of that or just the use of slow-mo and like some of the CGI stuff. And But I, I also get it because you got to make your producers happy and you got to yeah. make it tie in with the rest of the thing. And so I understood why it was there. I just kind of... I, I understood it. to I a degree. upset that it's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I think... Because Marvel, Marvel does that too. Like stuff connects and it, it fits. They have a cohesive tone that is beyond any one singular director's idea. I, I would agree with that, but I think Marvel's done a better job of letting movies feel a little bit personal to their exactly. directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was my problem with this was that, and, I mean, like, very much the same criticism can be thrown at David Ayer, too, and you clearly he had his hands tied, I think. Weirdly enough, I think more maybe than Patty Jenkins, or maybe just that movie was significantly more expensive, and so there was more interference. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted it to be her movie. And I'm, well, I'm hoping, because I, I like... To go back to Guardians, um, James, like you can tell, Guardians One is less James Gunn's movie, especially oh, yeah. now that we've seen Guardians Two. Um, so I'm, I, I, I agree with you, and I'm curious, especially given the success of this movie and the clear vision of it, it's going to be exciting going into Part Two to see Patty Jenkins have more control and have more of her vision allowed. I, yeah, I, I mean, I assume. I, 
And who knows she, if it'll pay off. She probably had, because she was originally slotted to direct Thor 2. Yeah. And she got through about three months of pre-production and then was just like, you know what? Like, I can't make the project that you want me to make. And they, I think they parted, from what I've read, they parted, it's like very respectful part. It's just like, this isn't going to work. But she basically said, she's like, I couldn't with the script that they, that they, wanted me to use and the directions that I was given, I could not make the film that I felt was the one that was going to be the most true to the characters and mm-hmm. to, the, to the artistic vision that I had. She's like, and if I had done it, she's like, it was really hard to walk away from. Oh yeah, but of if course. If I had done it, she's like, I would have just been one more failure female director trying, like trying to do a superhero movie. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you still like, God, when this movie was coming out, I remember reading like, let's hope it's not another Electra. Let's hope it's not another Catwoman. Like we're still being compared to that shit. Like get over it. There've been so many other garbage superhero movies directed by men. Yeah. I was worried it was going to be Batman versus Superman. Yeah, exactly. So was I, Uh so was I, you know, but it's like, she directed monster. Shut up. Like let her, she'll find her, you know, she knows character and she knows story, but I mean, um, I think that, and Thor two ended up being a big old yeah. piece of shit. And the director has the director was like, yeah, it was not great. Like yeah. it's yeah. not a great thing. So I think for her, it's probably a smart move. But I bet you, going into this one, she was like, this is the exact amount of control that I'm going to need to do this movie right. Yeah. You know, and she's probably, I would imagine, pretty upfront with it because you don't want to go through that again. You know. No, well, it, I mean, there seemed to be a big thing made after Batman versus Superman, Batman v Superman. Mm. About uh, Jeff Johns kind of getting more involved in that. And just curious to see how much of that he had uh, impact on this film and then seeing what it goes forward. Is this this where he kind of starts seeing his influence and the people that he's kind of gathered around them to kind of see what they can do with the DC films? Yeah. Doubtful. Think so? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, if you still have Justice League, and Justice League has given no. No indications that it is any less than what Zack Snyder has already given us. Yeah. I feel like if that's a, if if we get Justice League and it's a step back to Batman v Superman, then it def, it, it's then more it's, on Zack yeah. Snyder. Well, yeah, 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 and that'll be good to to for DC mm-hmm. to finally have like this. Wonder Woman's good just because now they have a qualifier. Now they have something. This is what the quality is. This is what the fans ex, uh, like respond to. This is it. And if Zack Snyder, if Justice League fails to perform at the same level, and it should be, it should perform bigger than Batman vs Superman, and it should be performing at like Avengers levels. That's the expectation. It's their Justice League. So, mm-hmm. for it to have, for it to be a step back, would be a, it would be nothing but good news for the vision of what Wonder Woman brought to the table. Um, I feel like the only one you'll see. Also, what's the next DC movie after Justice League? Is it Aquaman? Is uh, it? I, think, I don't yeah, know. Justin Justin Lin, and the only lot. director who has stayed with his project. Yeah, literally the only one. I mean, so I mean, on this topic, do you guys feel any differently about Justice League having seen Wonder Woman? No, I, I, I no, no. It's just too much. Too much. It's too yeah. much. You it's put too many lot. people in there. Yeah. I, at least you know you got to give it for Marvel. There's always. Yeah, there's I'm excited questions. to see Wonder Woman in it. Yeah, <laughs> same. Like I, I at least have one thing I now can look forward to. And well, Aquaman yeah. too. I think Aquaman. I think yeah. Really yeah, I'm more more excited than the than going into the coolness of her in Batman v Superman, which is more novelty. Now it's like it's earned. Like I feel like Steve Trevor. Like I love her. As from a respectful point of view, yeah. and not just like, oh, it's Gal Gadot and it's Wonder Woman and she's strong and like she she embodies what I what I know about the character, but like this movie like shows like it earns that 
and it's just uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited but also like we might we haven't seen they have it already feels overpacked justice league feels overpacked yeah, and they have just given us five of the justice league members there's at least superman who we've seen nothing and as far as we know is dead Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but lest we forget, and something I was reminded of over this weekend, is it's Unite the Seven. And that's six people. And so we already have a person we haven't seen but know is going to be shown, and that's Superman, bringing it up to six. And some mystery seventh person who has not been talked about, discussed, or anything. So it's like already knowing all that and knowing that Zack Snyder has missed the mark on these past two movies, this movie made me feel good about dc but it didn't make me feel any didn't assage any of the problems i feel about what's already been done let's roll through yeah. we've got six we, we'll roll through them so we've got superman batman wonder woman the flash aquaman cyborg, cyborg. oh cyborg yeah Oof, which that does not accept me totally in any way shape or form. no that, that looks super cg i know why do they have to ruin cyborg for us i yes. know yeah and I, cause I remember that like it was an aquaman poster right that said unite the seven yeah i Maybe this has been answered and I'm just like stupid. You, unite the seven seas? That's kind of what I thought it was. I didn't think it was actually unite the seven members of the Justice League. I thought it was like unite the seven but seas. But the Justice League traditionally has seven people. Well, right. But that's not necessarily the case. But I agree with you. Like you feel like they could still try and like shoehorn mm-hmm. another character. I mean, maybe Green Lantern. Like, oh yeah. What do you guys think of the Based off the, the new opening? intro. Yeah. Intro, I'd imagine yeah, it's the... going to be Green Lantern because they just showed all six of those people and then Green Lantern. Yeah. So I imagine that's, that's what... He's the only person with a solo movie with that shitty Ryan Reynolds movie. I was just gonna say who who Green Lantern. We Who's don't playing him? we don't know yet. I mean, the rumors are that it would might be we don't know like casting wise. The rumor is whatever movie will feature the new Green Lantern, it'll be probably Hal Jordan and John Stewart and like a buddy team up sort of thing. John Stewart. What yeah. did you guys think of that new DC opening? Stupid. I, I thought like <laughs> the, the characters were too just a little too faded in. Well, like who it, it's the it's the artist who does the the. The products at Target. Like, who is that guy? Yeah, pretty much. Like, you look at the way Marvel did it. Like, it took them, what, a dozen movies where they started featuring stills of their characters and their extended intro sequence. Uh, This is the fourth one, and none of it was never even the versions. Like, the Aquaman they show is the blonde Aquaman from the comics, not Jason Momoa. Yeah, with just like a blank face. Yeah. You can be Aquaman. That was that was it. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, finally I could be Aquaman. <laughs> I just wish one of the one of the freaking companies would do what the the DC TV shows do and make a personalized one for that character. Mm-hmm. Like show us a lot of cool Wonder Woman stuff. Show us some George Perez. Show us yeah. some some of uh, Cliff Chang stuff. Show us some like old William Masterson stories. Like I want to see that. I don't want to see generic seven Justice League members. One like. One's dead. One's in a movie I don't care about um, that doesn't connect to anything starring Deadpool. Um, And so, yeah, like, it's just, it's again, just like, DC is riding on the generic symbols that their characters represent as opposed to embodying them with full-fleshed characters. And the Wonder Woman movie shows why that's such a huge mistake. You want their essence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is the first time in four movies we've gotten their freaking you, essence. You do. Yeah. You do want their essence. Man. No, yeah. You, you want it. I want that Steve Trevor pool. Sorry, he just, Frank just turned around and yeah. just shot me a look when I said essence. <laughs> like, oh, God, I would address but, well, it. There's that, uh, I don't know if you guys read online where there, the theory is that uh, Aquaman and Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman could be cousins. Where it's, oh. uh, they're going to be, so, be oh, like, so he would be like Poseidon? Poseidon's I, son. Yeah, I, so the, I mean, maybe. Maybe. 
I actually would. I wouldn't mind that connection. I mean, it'd, it'd be kind of cool to see two people that have some sort yeah. of connection. On I mean, I I know that. I mean, at least but are they not Atlanteans then? They'd be Atlanteans because Poseidon would be you know it's yeah. the sea, so it's it all would work. But it's just instead of, our, instead of just being the product of just two Atlanteans, he is the mm. or Atlantean and a human. It's Poseidon and an Atlantean. I mean, that, that could be the case. I mean, mm. we, we do know that those are the two kind of ancient races on Earth that I think they both, each of them has a mother box, right? At least that's, that's the rumor mm-hmm. that's coming out. So, yep. maybe? I have a question. <laughs> um, you and the I have blue. a question. Yeah. I'm going to take it back, but I, this is a question that I ha- I'm sorry, I'm going to like bring it back into the Wonder Woman movie because now I'm curious, even though we've kind of buttoned it. Um, why? I thought, how come they could just go through the bubble protecting the mascara? No, that's a good point. How come they could just go through it? Was it always like that? I guess it wasn't like a force field, but just like a cloak. True. Where it's like, I guess, yeah, mm. if you just ran into it. it but it is like weird like for, to be in that location for that long, and this is the first people like in the early yeah. 1900s to yeah. mm-hmm. come so through it. Do we know, can we, do we have an idea then of where Themyscira is, at least in the DCU? I mean, I guess it has to be somewhere in the Mediterranean, right? Because well, it's got where... its own climate. It's got its own climate control. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, so tr- <laughs> Trevor they, was it's in. Gotta, it's gotta be far. It's, he was it's in Germany, be close right? enough, yeah, for him to be able to fly in that rickety ass plane out of that. Yeah, he because he this this didn't really make sense in hindsight because he flew out of Germany. One presumes Germany in the that plane, which I wouldn't mm-hmm. think has a huge range on it. Um, but then he's being pursued by. It's the it's got to be north. It's it must not be Mediterranean, like towards Greeks. Cause that uh, it, it's it's one or the other. Yeah, it's, it's either yeah, it's it's either in like in like north of Scandinavia or in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it wouldn't make sense for it to be in the Mediterranean Sea because someone would have come into it at some point, which is mm-hmm. all the even before that the naval traffic. That well, and they through. head to England, and so that would mean that they okay, had to yeah, sail right. all the way around through the Strait of Gibraltar and loop around Portugal and I'm get gonna, to uh, England. I'm gonna bring up so yeah, they here. must it must be in the north. It must be in, in the Atlantic somewhere. I'm bringing up a map. Because <laughs> I don't really know what the... Chris, we have dived into this rabbit hole with the Flash and trying to figure out where Keystone and Central City is. Trying to find an island in the middle of the sea and figuring out the geography of that will be next okay, to impossible. You know, I think you're right. He's probably in the North Sea because that does border with Germany and the UK. So, all right, I'll give you that. It's probably somewhere up there. But also, like you're right. No, no, exactly. You're right. Like yeah. I wouldn't have put that together. Yeah, and also, why would it be there? Because they have such a huge Greek influence. That's yeah. why I presumed Mediterraneans. Like, well, they would have been near Greece. But well, now we just they say the I 2009 suppose. animated movie set it in the Aegean Sea. Mm. Where the fuck is the Aegean? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten a lot of this over the years, guys. Uh, did you ever really know it? Yeah, I, did, I, did. I mean, I, I had it decently. I would say at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I took I'm AP World History. History geography. You know. Either. Well, I can look. I, Frank, I should actually show you this after the podcast. I do have a DC Atlas from oh, 1990. What? That's awesome. But it's it's official canon, I believe, at least at the time, but it's for a DC tabletop RPG game. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's but we'll, awesome. I'll, sh- I'll show it to you guys um, after the podcast. Put it on Instagram. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll take a picture. Follow yeah. me at Trevor Copter. That's right. Once again. <laughs> um, all right, I think we're we've sort of reached the point where we're reaching final thoughts as we debate where Themyscira <laughs> yeah. is on a map. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have one like quick topic I want to put out. Um, what do we think is going to happen now with more female directors? Because this is the, the biggest opening for female director yet with like a little over 100 million mm-hmm. US box office. Um, but it's also the lowest... Uh, box office for any of the DCEU films so far. But also the budget is also probably one of the uh, I would imagine, right? yeah, I imagine it's lower too. But yeah. I mean, I, I would... And also that marketing controversy of like 
lowered market. The think thin bars. Yeah. And they really didn't I, they really didn't market it well. Like I, I was no. surprised because I remember seeing a preview for it like a million years ago after it being set up by Batman vs. Superman and I was like, wow, they're gonna and I was like, when is it coming out? I mean, I'd ask you guys, like, when is that? Like, when are yeah. we? But it's like, how many times did you see like the the image of Batman in the rain and Superman like, oh dropping down, oh, all so like many. all the time, and, they, yeah. and you never saw that. Like, even the little stingers and stuff like that. Which is why I thought this might change my my whole theory is that if it's got good talent in it and like good director, and they don't promote it, then it is a shitty movie and you shouldn't see it yeah. because it's like we sunk all this money into it, and now we're ashamed. We don't want anybody to see it, but. So I was like, this movie is not going to be any good because I already hated Batman versus Superman and they're not even promoting this one. How mm. terrible could it be? It's got to be awful. And it was like, kick those movies' asses. So I, I'm i I'm a woman corrected. Like, if, I, yeah. If anything, I, f- it w- I feel it'll just force Warner Brothers' hand. Like, I, I think yeah. that's, I think Warner Brothers is going to be the one that impacts most as yeah. opposed to like a general like, ooh, now women get to like jump another mark and like we've, we've etched out that thing. I think it's more mostly just on, on it's just going to be Warner Brothers will take more chances and they'll be the company. And hopefully you have success, yeah. but... I, I, I hope so because obviously, I mean, all the all the reporting around this movie now is that it is historic and that is incredible. And I mean, in general, I'd say people are very much on board with the fact that it's a, it's a woman director and it's been awesome and that's just fucking fantastic. It's finally happening. My concern is that maybe Warner Brothers, like, they're seeing all that, but they're also looking at the actual numbers. And it's like, it's doing well for them, but is it, like, for all of us, like, oh, this is historic opening. Yeah, but I, I, I would keep it, an eye on it. True. But yeah. you think about, like, Catherine Bigelow, like, after yeah, I mean, doing how, all that, like, she was really prominent. And then. Fucking her locker. Yeah. And then. Yeah. So. Uh, and then she was, and then the, uh, the assassination of uh, Osama bin Laden, the. Oh, right. Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, movie. Was, yeah, both of those are great movies. And then she just kind of just. Drifted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that some of it's, a, you know, like a personal preference probably for director to director. And I think that, you know, it's not like now all the superhero movies have to be directed by women. Like that's never, ever, ever something I would say because it should come down to the best person that's the most suited for the job. Yeah. Um, I think in this case, I'm so glad they that they chose – because she doesn't have a, a lot of films, a lot of features under her belt as no. a director. And so I'm glad that they were like, wow, yeah, she's got a vision. She's a big fan of the character. She knows it. Like, let's do it. My hope is just that people can no longer use that as an excuse for yeah. not – because I've heard that as an excuse like oh it's like well, people just don't see films that are you know you don't use they just don't people don't pay to see films that are directed by women they just don't <laughs> so people just, they just can't and it's I true it's and like so i mean I, but uh, and, if you and think like like a fast and furious film if somebody mm-hmm. told you like the next director that is going to be a woman i don't think that would turn people off it would be really interesting yeah. i think it'd be really great that would be actually um, a huge and, improvement yeah and i think <laughs> that um you know and you can't and i think it's it's hard to you also have to manage your expectations like just because you swap somebody's gender doesn't make make them a better director Director. It doesn't make them a better this and that. Right. But it will give them the perspective potentially on the character that somebody else wouldn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it would if a little white guy directed Get Out. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God, like, if you, you know, can you even imagine? Like, you can't even imagine it because it would be because because it's ridiculous because the thought is ridiculous. Well, you Woody know, Allen would have done good. Oh, that. don't! <laughs> I can't look at your face right now. Um, uh, get out! Get, get out! Get out! Um, yeah, like because you're right. Kat, I mean, uh, Patty Jenkins only had Monster pretty much before that. Mm, she, it, yeah, and she had done some smaller things, but she she took uh, a year off from she took a year off from um, from directing and writing to have a baby. And then did Monster. Yeah. She took a year off and did like squeeze out a kid. And then was like, well, 
now I've created life. Yeah. I should probably I, also just make this amazing. I love the film. way you describe the process of motherhood. Just yeah. squeeze, just squeeze it, it out. Squeeze out that kid, yeah. man. Like you gotta just <laughs> squeeze it right out there. But I, I hope you're right, though. I hope that this. I hope what changes now is that uh, studios will take more. It's stupid to call it a risk, but they will give women the opportunity they've done with men. Because like, she had like one small movie, and they gave her a huge budget. I mean, name the number of times this happened for male directors. I mean, just even this year alone. So that's gonna happen with Spider-Man because he did Cop Car. No, he's yeah. doing yeah, John Watts, um, Thor Ragnarok too. I mean, that's uh, who was who was Trank who did Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, Josh Trank, train wreck, and he the, had had one yeah, movie under huge his belt. Train wreck. I, I mean, um, like Jurassic World with like Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Yeah, 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 like it's it's a constant thing that's always happening. Like that's like, that's a new norm. If someone comes along with this kind of cool small indie feature that has a lot of personality and shows a lot of talent. Throw me a huge franchise. The same thing happened here. It just took. Like, what a decade and well, a half. She'd been between. doing it forever, well, and she was yeah. an Oscar, and the and it swept. Charlize Theron won. She won like all that film won like all the Golden Globes. It was Oscar nominated. Sure, you know Charlize Theron swept all the awards that season, yeah. and she wrote and directed and produced it. It's amazing. All herself. Yeah. So it's like clearly like more than capable. But um, yeah, I think that it's more just like use have a have a real fucking valid excuse if you're gonna do it like. I'm tired of. Uh, well, I'd gone into you know I'd gone into pitch a, a pilot a, a couple different networks and I was told, uh, well we've already got a we've already got a show with a woman leading it, so we love you know we think it's we think it's really funny and it's really good and, and you know but just not for us at this time, and it's like when has it and and also it's like that project might just not have been for them like that's fine you yeah. know what i mean I'm not touting this was going to be like the world's best anything but like are you kidding me at this point like when when would that happen like when you know when with that's just not an excuse i feel that men hear usually mm. when they go into no. meetings like that when they go into direct a film well white get, men Yes, true yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've already got the black yeah. show on this network. It's like, w- there's. Do you guys watch Master of None? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that whole. He, ca- he has the email, and it's like we. Oh, we can't have two, and as he's like, whoa, what? Like it's that. It's kind of that thing, right? Yeah. So I think that it's more just like that people are given the opportunities that they deserve. And that they're and that uh, and that hopefully it's like if you're gonna use that as an excuse, just be have the fucking cojones to say like, nah, we're sexist. <laughs> like, just do it. <laughs> like, don't be like, well, people don't really go out and see because my theater was full. My theater was yeah, packed same. of everyone. There were groups of dudes. There were people with kids that were in costumes. There were, you know, women. There were dates. Like, I, it was like the cra- older people. Like, it was the craziest demographic that I've seen in a movie, I feel like, in a long time. Well, you mentioned Monster. Like, what's funny about this summer is this is basically the summer that Monster kicks ass. Because we have, in comic book movies, because Patty Jenkins directed Wonder Woman, and you have Atomic Blonde coming out with Charlize Theron, and holy shit, does she look like she's just going to be a badass, like, that's going to be Charlize Theron's, like, Jason Bourne movie. It's her Jane Wick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be insane, so it's just sort of funny that, that this is, like, the year that the the cast of, does, like, Christina Ricci have a movie that we are unaware of? Yeah. Um, But yeah, but it's, it's just... It's so because ins- that world still exists, but it's interesting to see the individual paths that the because I mean like how much going back to Monster like how much was like the story about Monster was like 
Look at how much Charlie's thrown. This beautiful yeah, goddess oh transformed into a horrendous woman, aka <laughs> like how women normally look. And just the standard of beauty in Hollywood was just like so skewed. Like she transformed herself. Well, Ugh. yeah, and it's not even just, and it's and it's like, and she did, and the prosthetics were amazing, but every interview that's all they wanted to talk about and still like that's all so it's like right she also if you watch oh gosh the behind the scenes that movie are amazing because i have like the old dvd and it's got all this bonus content that i've watched because the movie's so good but it's like you don't want to ask like wow how was it that you know wow you know eileen warnos like willed patty her letters her her letters and they spoke on the phone and it's like oh you don't want to ask me about like how it was to get inside the mind of the most one of the most notorious serial killers in the united states like Mm -hmm. you don't want to ask me about that or like these crazy scenes where she just like you can see she shoots a film and they'll action or um cut and she just she collapses she's just she's just it's it's ridiculous like the things no that but like what was it like <laughs> like you, you got s- to like let go what were you like your like guilty pleasure what was it foods? like eating donuts again and how did you get back into shape how are you how are you even here like i can't even imagine how infuriating that would have been to her and now people will kind of sass back i don't know if she did or not i haven't seen like i mean i d- there but- i doubt she got, if she did it would have been like fatigue or it's, something like yeah. a little like snap but she would have gone back because that was like 2003 2004 yeah and that was not little snapbacks or like oh charlie's their own is being like yeah. what's up with her on the red carpet yeah, like what a bitch yeah yeah, yeah so. um to wrap up uh we know definitely where this stands against the other DC movies. We made that abundantly clear. Where does this stand against the other three movies that we've seen in 2017? Lego Batman, Logan, and Guardians 2. Mm. And I feel like all of these bring something special to the table. Wolverine's got Hugh Jackman's last run, and they finally got... like Talk about like finally getting a character right. And then Guardians just built on... um, what James gonna built before, and then Lego Batman was just such a fresh like that was the first first breath of fresh air after mm-hmm. Batman v Superman was yeah. getting to see Batman get to have some fun. Now we get to see Wonder Woman. No hope for a Superman movie where it gets to cut loose, but well, if cut, by cut loose, you mean just destroying Snap city? Next. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's done it. Oh, he's cutting loose. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no right or wrong answers. Where does it sit? Um, I think it's of the four. It's the fourth one, right? Yeah. Yes. Of the four, it's the most flawed, I think, if only for the third act. I think it's pretty much solid all the way up to that point, and then the third act doesn't work for me. Uh, but that being said, I think I had more fun in this one. I had more moments of just, like, sheer enjoyment and just, like, I wanted to just, like, start clapping spontaneously at certain <laughs> points with this huge smile on my face. I had that more in this than, I'd say, with Guardians or Logan. So, But not more than Batman. No, I mean, no Lego Batman <laughs> was just so fucking delightful, guys. It's just... <laughs> best but that's really hard i think i would agree there were more things that i would change about this one yeah like overall meaning you know like structurally um for me it probably goes in levels of like enjoyment and wanting to see the movie again it probably goes guardians to logan wonder woman lego is how it will probably go for me but i think the middle two are are pretty close. All right, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm uh, dead inside 
<laughs> because uh, I mean, there's we so feel many... that too. Yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. I'm glad that's translating. But there's so many people that have been like reading their reviews and their posts and about all that, where they, I laughed and I cried and I was cheering. Yeah, and I was I like, didn't... I've never, yeah. I as much as I love superhero films, I can't think of anyone that I've ever seen where I've been like whooping and hollering and cheering while I'm watching the film. But I did get weak, weepy at Logan though. Uh, a little I bit. I fucking yeah, cried but, hard during Logan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I guess. But I also, like that, you cried just because the story was presented in a way that you're just like, yes. it wasn't like the external thing of like, this is Wolverine realized that's on why the big screen. That's why this. It's so hard to pit them against each other for me yeah. because it's like for they're four. Weirdly enough, they're four vastly different films. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? I, I you it's know, just, I love it. It's yeah. it's really yeah. great. But for me, like Logan was a western. Lego mm-hmm. movie was a kids animated film. Um, this was a historical drama with tints of humor in it, and um, Guardians was a sci-fi fantasy. There's different genres of they're like yeah. completely different genres of film. I don't want to cut in there. No, 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 no sorry, no, which is nice about superhero films where it, it, people just lump it into like, well, it's just another comic book movie. Mm-hmm. But there's many different genres that you can have within that, which I think is what makes it really cool. Can we write not just another comic book or just another comic book movie and contact the Wayne's oh, Brothers? But did they do that? Did they have superhero movie a few years ago? Uh, another epic movie. Well, Wasn't we should get. It? I think we should get uh, Jake Weiler to be in that if we're gonna do not a superhero movie. Need to have Jake Weiler, aka Captain America, Chris Evans. Yes, that was like one of his first roles. Not was team movie. yeah, not another team movie. Yeah, yeah. bridge that gap. Mm. We don't have <laughs> our expert on shitty movies here to help fill us in. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron probably has so many thoughts. I know we need you, Cameron. <laughs> but he's a misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak for Cameron? Did you see it with him? Yeah, yeah. He and I saw it together. Um, I, I waited for him. I couldn't go see it without him, actually. You guys are like real friends in real life? I know, yeah. yeah. It's Frank shocking. And I don't, Frank and I don't like each other at all. No. I, I understand that, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, once we leave here, we will not speak to each other uh, for another week. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good that's idea. Right. Yeah. Technically, um, Trevor's been missing for months. <laughs> 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 He's just a mop with googly eyes and glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say, uh, Cameron, I'm speaking for you on this one. I'm sure he would put uh, Lego Batman at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'd, then it would be Logan. Probably then Guardians than this. That'd be my my guess. Cause yeah, he we we both had a lot of gripes with it, but enjoyed it. I might have actually enjoyed it more than him based on talking to him about it. I mean, I guess I feel like uh, this probably goes lower on the list only because of my frustrations with some of the plot that I felt like marred it from being as yeah good as I wanted the movie to be. So I guess I'll probably put this towards the end of my list. Mm-hmm. So let's just put it dead last, guys. <laughs> this was terrible. No, it was really. I, I was. It gave me some good moments there, but uh, and I'm excited about future Wonder Woman mm-hmm. films. Yeah. I mean, what a fucking great year it's been for comic yeah, book movies, man. right? This is true, yeah. I mean, this is a tough list to construct because they've all been really good in their own ways. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd go Logan 1, Guardians 2, Wonder Woman 3, and then Lego Batman 4. But I don't want it to take away from how good <coughs> Wonder Woman was given the scope that everything that's preceded it in this universe has been shit. Mm. Oh, this, yeah. This, this was a movie that stands out. Even if they keep making shit movies and they get rebooted this wonder woman movie is worth the watch mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah i mean it this is like it's like picking your favorite child almost like that's how good these movies have been even with the gripes like it's still like it has been such an enjoyable experience every single time in the theater with these movies um i think i'm gonna take amanda's list guardians logan wonder woman uh Lego Batman. Because Lego Batman, like, 
was just amazing, but it was because I think it was because of it was a kids movie, mm. and um, and we've just we've seen Batman done so well so many times, mm-hmm. um, that it was just a, it was just nice to see him done well again, uh, after he was done not well, um, but yeah, this movie was just. I don't know, because also like the other, th- I think what what separates like that from it. This is the first non really tr- technically sequel movie because Logan is Hugh Jackman's ninth. It's <laughs> however many like that's that's however many X Men movies there have been. Hugh Jackman's been in them all, and this was like his final run. So that's like seventeen years of build up for this movie. Um, and then Guardians Two was just already such a high point. And then this sequel just built on it that I feel like it's a bit of an asterisk putting Wonder Woman um, third, um, given the quality of the movies that we've seen so far, and also just where it is as being the starting point of a franchise as opposed to the more middle or end points that the other two movies are. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Lego Batman's technically a sequel. It is, yeah. yeah. And so this is like the first one that we've seen. It's almost like this one and Spider Man are like the. Um, like they're almost like 1.5. Like it's their first movie, but we got to have cool sequences showing off what these characters are. Like I think these are probably the best one-two punch that we're gonna get of the of the summer is gonna be Spider-Man and Wonder Woman. Mm. Um, Spider Woman, Spider-Man, our next one. Yeah, yes, Spider-Man uh, is our next one at the beginning of July, July, yeah, July, July 7th, 7th. Yeah, seven seven seventeen. I know Ooh. so little about that movie, and I'm kind of. Don't watch, the, what, don't watch the trailers. They'll give away everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. The most recent one, like literally point for point, will yeah. walk you down the story the, beat. The villain is played by... Michael Keaton. Yes, and I'm jazzed about that. The Batman. And that is all I know. Yeah. Just, that's literally that's we'll just, all I know about this. We'll leave it at that. We won't say anything yeah, else. Great. Um, and yeah, it's just like... It's, I feel like Spider-Man also is going to be the first actual superhero movie we've gotten because you're right like these have all fallen into much different genres than the traditional uh superhero so it'll be interesting like spider-man's gonna be like our first just true blue like kid just trying to do what's right and but he's got like responsibilities and he's trying to date ladies and i mean they have kind of said that it's kind of emulating a john hughes film yeah yeah well well, that's a fun direction to take it if that if if they do that yeah Yeah, and spider-man finally looks like john ramita drew i am so on board (laughs) like i'll say this right i'll say this right now i am going to be so upset if spider-man does not reach the top of my list i am expecting hoping so much that Spider-Man is already going to supplant all four movies we've already seen wow, so far. Wow, fighting words. Oh, wow. I love yeah. him so much. Yeah. And they finally, it's like Logan. They finally seem to have gotten him right. After so many, it, it, just as long a period of time as Hugh Jackman was Wolverine, we've had Spider-Man done to varying degrees of success, but never done right. But yeah. as much as I'm excited about that, I have zero interest in seeing a Venom movie or a Silver Sable. Uh, yeah, Black oh, movie. that's Jesus, Sony. Didn't you learn your lesson last time? No, no, no. So yeah, that, no, I don't care about any of the ancillary characters. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, and only it just keeps Spider-Man associated with the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Don't bring him back into those terrible films and say, "Yep, we're gonna be with these guys now." No, don't do it. Don't do it. Or at least don't bring Tom Holland in with you. Yes. Like, yeah. Give another Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah recast. Bring Make him like under- Bond. <laughs> Spider-Man is our new Bond. Recast him every seven years or so. Ugh. Yeah, that is not. I, I'm not. I'm not excited about those prospects. No. Uh, All right. Well, we've done a good job of prepping uh, our next movie, Spider-Man: yes. Homecoming. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be um, beginning of July. It comes out um, 
the 7717. So we'll be doing that in about a month. Yeah, underarm webs, guys. Get excited. Oh, I already am. Oh, so much. So much finally done right. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm Trevor Reese from the podcast of Two Worlds. And I am Chris Fimbres from the podcast of Two Worlds. Uh, I'm Frank from the Novice and Frank. I'm Amanda from the Novice and Frank. And I'm Chris from Tim Talk. No Cameron here. Boo. But I'm Cameron. <laughs> Tim Talk. <laughs> Mop with glasses, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so normally, Chris and I, since this is we've taken the lead on Wonder Woman, we end our podcast by, um, in unison, saying the executive producer of Green Arrow's name, Speedweed. Um, we're not going to do that because... This isn't a Berlanti joint. This is a Gal Gadot. Um, and so we decided we're um, going to say Wonder Woman. All of five of us in unison thought that'd be a good idea to celebrate it. All right. Um, and so, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Also, uh, shout out to the Nerdy School Network. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. An, an ad for one of their podcasts um, played before this episode. And so make sure to check it out. And also, nerdyschool.com. Dot com has information on the shows happening at the theater and Meltdown Comics is right next door to us. So if you love the comics, uh, if you love Wonder Woman, you'll definitely be able to find stuff about her at Meltdown or at Comicsology. Yeah. Ah. Um, all the ways we read comic books. That's right. Um, but yeah. So on the count of three, guys, uh, thank you for listening. One, two, three. Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Wonder Woman.